Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my this is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Time to talk football with the professor, John Clayton. We do it every day here with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle. If you guys have questions for John, text them in 421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll try to get to some of your questions before we let them go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. Well, unfortunately, we're talking about things off the field that are going on now as the the heat has been turned way up after uh, former Browns head coach Hugh Jackson said that uh, the Browns had a four-year plan that incentivized losing during his first two years. And I was trying to find clarity uh, as to whether he took money or not. But at the end of it, Jackson says he told owner Jimmy Haslam he wasn't interested in bonus money and instead wanted that money to be used to improve the team. But he's saying that plan, that four-year plan, is basically what led to his 1-31 record during the 2016-2017 season. So you've got this now to deal with in addition to the claims from Brian Flores about obviously the racism and the fact that he was offered incentives to lose. What do, what do you make of all of it? I make it. It's, it's horrible. And uh, I, the, the league needs to really investigate this to see you know, what's true and what's not true because what you're talking about is the integrity of the game. And if you have ownership that's willing to pay to lose games, and that's the case at least in these two claims, then ownership, not that it's not a change, because you know how it is in the NFL. Dan Snyder's still the owner of the Washington Commanders, and uh, you know there's no change there. But it's like uh, you know there, there needs to be heavy sanctions against Miami, Cleveland, if this is true. Because, again, it's like, and even more so now, uh, because, I mean, it wasn't the case maybe a couple of years ago, but when you have so much money involved in betting, you know, with all the uh, uh, betting things that are going on right yeah. now, and you're paying people to not win, that's not right. And so because of that, I mean, I hope that if it's found to be true that uh, you have heavy sanctions against the Dolphins, heavy sanctions against Cleveland, and I don't know how heavy they can be, but they've got to be the worst in NFL history. Yeah, I saw a headline on Pro Football Talk. It says the owner of the Browns and and Stephen Ross and and Jimmy Haslam could be prosecuted for violating the Sports Bribery Act. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and now, which I never thought I would see, John, the close connection with gambling. Now the NFL used to used to be like one of those things that they'd lecture you at the beginning of the season about you know don't be around anybody that you know. But as far as like the uh, evidence. That uh, mm-hmm. that Hugh Jackson had, which I've always thought Hugh Jackson is just a fantastic coach. Always, yeah, always I like loved him. Too. him. Yeah. Um, what do you think it is? I mean, what what do you think he has? It would it be in a contract or just what what this evidence might be? Hard to tell. I mean, like in the case of uh, you know the Miami situation, I mean, it could just be word of mouth, and that may be yeah. hard to prove. But it sounds to me like Jim Haslam, the owner of the Browns, might have done more. Uh, in the case of Hugh Jackson, to at least uh, do that. And if that's provable, then, boy, that's going to be bad on the Browns. And it should be bad on the Browns because you're right. You're talking sports bribery. You're talking about you know taking away from the fans. You're taking away from everything else. And I know that you know three years ago, four years ago, you know that maybe wasn't as much under review because of the fact that uh, you know there was not as much 
there was not the vetting that's going to be there right now, but now it's even worse. And so I hope that they can, if they find something, they prosecute it to the very best, both criminally and with the National Football League. John, as far as uh, the the other claims outside of the you know incentives to lose yeah. the 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 racism claims from Brian Flores, what how do how does the league fix it? What what's the is it doesn't feel like there's a simple solution because the Rooney Rule is is proven to be able to be you know worked around mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and and you know we talk about the sham interviews and the Giants situation being a perfect example of it. So I, I don't know how much thought you've put into it, but how how do they fix it? If they left it up to you, what would you do? Because I, 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 you can't force owners to do what they may not want to do. <clears throat> but, I mean, you've got you, they put incentives in there. You know, like, for example, if you make a hire, uh, the team that loses that minority coach can get draft choices and things of that nature. I mean, so you, you want to promote it. But, again, you know, it's like you can't force owners to do what they don't want to do. And that I consider to be bad. But, I mean, the way it's heading right now, you know, because you figure, you know, sometime tonight, even though maybe it's happened uh, during this show, Jim Harbaugh is going to get the Minnesota job. That leaves four job openings. And right now you're talking Josh McCown in Houston, who's uh, a white quarterback who's never coached. I mean, you're talking about, uh, you know, certainly in New Orleans, uh, them, you know, taking their Dennis Allen and, you know, eventually promoting him. That's that's not good. Miami, who knows what will happen down there. But you're you're only talking about the fact that at, at the end of the day, Jacksonville, you know, has no idea what, what they're doing. You may only have one minority coach where last year during the season there was three. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I was thinking about that same question, Bob. Like, what do you do to fix it? You know, uh, transparency, maybe, in the interviews. I mean, you know, maybe you have uh, people from the NFL sitting in or, or you know, like a standardized test. But, I mean, look, you're, you're going to go with your sort of gut feeling. And I always talk about, like, Clint Hurt and how I just know that he's a head coach. Mm-hmm. Because of my experience in the league and knowing, you know, who has that kind of – just the way they talk, the way they present themselves, things like that, that's something you can't really standardize. You know, I mean, you, you could make it, like, entirely transparent that, you know uh, – there's a standard you know test or something that you have to that would be i guess the only way i can think of that you would uh would be able to stop um you know the not hiring good you know qualified coaches so yeah it's just uh that that's i wonder what will come out of that because i feel like the nfl will pretty much do anything to uh to get this fixed right i mean Mm -hmm. this is job number one for them especially with the popularity through the roof right now yeah, I mean, and something does need to be done, but you're right. I don't have an answer to what the uh, what what should be done because again, it's like uh, what it comes down to. You cannot force an owner to do what he may not want to do, and a, a general manager to hire somebody that he doesn't want to hire. And so, but uh, I mean, it's really bad. I mean, to think that here we are, you know, 2022, and you may come out of this with nine coaching changes. No uh, minority hires and only one that will indeed be uh, a minority uh, current coach, and that's Mike Tomlin. That's ridiculous. Yeah. What What do you think some of the the ways, because, you know, Bob and I were talking about how, like, the NBA, mm-hmm. you've got five guys on the court, you know, you can have. But, I mean, I, I wonder what the, 
you know, when Stephen Ross and uh, I'm sorry, who's the owner for the Jimmy the Haslam? Haslam, you know, when they come in and say, "Hey, I want you to tank these games," does uh-huh. that mean like taking unnecessary risks? Is it because it's you know, really, I would think the the one position on the field that would be most likely to dictate something would be the kicker, right? You know, but then you know, try going and telling a kicker to tank. You're, you're going to get fired. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that it just uh, – I'm just curious as to – has anything come out about what is the nature of tanking? Like coaches making bad calls, uh, you know, going for it on fourth down. I mean, I'm, I'm just – well, I don't know what that could possibly be. Well, the, the big thing on tanking is that, uh, you know, and this is with the tank for Tua – which obviously affected Brian Flores, is that, uh, I mean, you just decrease who's on the roster. You, you, you take yeah. away a lot of players and you, know, you decrease the value of the, the players who are on that current roster and make them a worse team. Okay, well, that's what you can do to tank. But then if you are actually paying a coach to start to tank, then that's ridiculous and it's bad. Uh, so I think, you know, the roster stuff, I mean, because, again, you know, I mean, you want teams sometimes to get down there so that you can get that right draft choice, that you can get that Tua uh, to come in as a quarterback and all that different stuff. But, you know, if you're talking about now making payments to individuals on the team, whether it's coaches, players, hey, just tank this game. That's You can't do it because, again, you're right, that's sports bribery. I mean, you can certainly, because again, you can follow the fact that if you're a Miami Dolphin fan, you're a Miami Dolphin better, and you see that the the team isn't as talented, okay, well, then you realize, well, I'm not going to bet for this team. You you can accept that, but what you can't accept is the the behind-the-scenes idea that, I mean, you could have uh, somebody being paid to not win, and that's so wrong. And that's why I, I agree. It's not just a NFL thing. It's a criminal thing. Hey, John, last thing on all this. Yeah. Uh, one, 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 of the, um, one of the other uh, points people continue to bring up is ownership. That yeah. you're, you're talking about all these, these white billionaires. They're all white owners. And, and I don't know the answer to this question. I don't know if you do. But have there been minority or potential minority owners that have somehow been shut out of owning a team? Have there been some that have the league didn't approve? Or I'm, I'm not, I don't know how you control who owns the team. I, I just assumed you, you got the money and it's for sale. Okay, they're going to go with the highest bidder. But have yeah. there been instances that where there's been a, min, a group that, that contained minorities and and they were somehow shut out of the process? Or what do you know about that? That that one, I, I don't think I can. I don't think I, that's been the case. I mean, obviously, it still comes down to money. And when you're talking about uh, the way things are run in the National Football League, I mean, obviously, uh, the the individuals with the most money going to buy the team. And so it's like, uh, you know, and it's not like these teams are for sale too often. I know Denver now is for sale. And, you know, uh, there's right now at the moment no minority, eh, maybe there's one minority group that's trying to be in there. But if the minority group cannot match the individual trying to buy it. Like, for example, uh, I mean, you had the Carolina Panthers up for sale. Well, was anybody going to talk David Tepper? I mean, David Tepper is one of the wealthiest business people in uh, in in the world, right? Or at least I think in, he's the richest NFL owner. He is yeah. the richest NFL owner. And like, for example, in Denver, I mean, you've got uh, you know, Jeff Bezos, and you know, he's 
one of the richest people in the world. And so it's like, uh, you know, if he's going to beat out a minority owner, he's going to beat out a minority owner. I mean, that's just reality. And so it's like, uh, you know, if you can't come up with <clears throat> four, four and a half billion dollars, along with the fact that you have to do it, that you don't have to borrow as much money. That's another part of it. And so it's like, uh, so it's like you, you can see it's unfortunate, but that's just the way business is. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting if, uh, you know, the way the athletes are getting paid now, I mean, if you can get a, a group of, of guys together, yeah. I mean, that are, that are making these hundreds of millions, but it'd probably be a pretty big group. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it, you, there, you look but... at it, I mean, because the prices are not equal in baseball. I mean, you've got, you know, A-Rod, I mean, you've got uh, Derek Jeter, I mean, you, you do have that chance there. Uh, I can't think of anybody in the NBA, but again, it's like, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, it depends on the sport, but when you're talking about the sport of football and the fact that you're talking about a business that will eventually go to $25 billion a year annually as far as revenue, that uh, it's a different game. Yeah. John, I noticed the name Washington Commanders just rolled right off your tongue oh, like it's like it's been there for years. Uh, apparently, Joe Theismann let the cat out of the bag a couple nights ago, but so I don't know how big of a surprise. Well, we, we've, heard, we've heard it now for about four months, three months. Right. It was in the mix, but yeah. he, he made it sound like the decision had been made before it was announced. Either way, what, what do you think of the name and, and how's I haven't seen much yeah. in the way of reaction to it. How's it being received? I, I think fine. I mean, uh, you, know, you still some people like you know the Washington Football Team. That's to me too cumbersome. Uh, you know, there's other names that could have come up, but I'm fine with Commanders. I mean, this is Washington D.C. You know, you do have you know people making bold, commanding decisions and stuff like that. I'm fine with it. Yeah, WFT was too close to WTF for me. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I could only see that. See how your time. mind works, Dave? You. <laughs> I just You're 12. couldn't help it. <laughs> I know, I know. I'll grow up someday, but, you know, as soon as I get a real job. Um, hey, Joshy Boy McDaniel says it's going to be fun to build this thing with Derek Carr. Derek Carr, you know, we've talked about him a lot, John. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, he he's always got good numbers, just not winning necessarily. Right. So. What do you think uh, about uh, him? Maybe um, do, do you think he's the kind of guy that can turn Derek Carr into a great leader? That's no, what he thinks. I don't think so. You don't think so? Nah, I'm not. Because again, I'm not big on Josh McDaniels, and so and so it's, it's not about Carr. It's about McDaniel. Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I mean, because Carr got him close this past year, and uh, you know, he almost got him to the playoffs a couple years ago before he got hurt. So it's like uh, I'm fine on Carr. I'm not fine on Joshy Boy. Yeah, well, I mean, what about his ability to coach, though? I mean, I know you don't like him personally. Don't like it. Don't like it. Yeah, don't like the way he coaches. No, not at all. John, uh, the 425 saying, Professor, it's getting late in Minnesota, and no word yet. Is there a chance Harbaugh doesn't get hired by Minnesota? Uh, I don't think so, because I know when he left this morning, uh, he told some of his secretaries and some of the people in the office goodbye so you figure it's just a matter of negotiating a contract. Sometimes that can be a little bit complicated, as big as this number is going to be. So it's like, uh, you know, it's not done yet, but uh, I think it will get done. Hmm. Um, what about Harbaugh, as far as, you know, he doesn't necessarily, I know that he's rankled a couple of head coaches, yeah. uh, Pete Carroll, um, 
is the guy in Detroit that he slapped on the back too hard. Schwartz. Um, Schwartz, Jim Schwartz. So, But what about as far as getting along? Has he have, have a reputation of not getting along with, like, ownership and GM, or is it just other coaches? Just other humans. Other humans. <laughs> okay, that narrows it down. Just keep them tucked away in a box somewhere. Yeah, because usually, be and, I mean, you can go to Richard Sherman for this. You can go to Doug Baldwin for this. But usually what ends up happening is after, you know, you get to four years, I mean, everybody's sick of him because of the way he deals with everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of what I heard, and that's why I thought, okay, well, maybe he's good for um, college because, you know, you got a rotating – you know, mm-hmm. every year. But uh, that I remember the things about uh, Sherman Baldwin was that he didn't promote them very well. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the word was that, like, when pro teams were coming around, he was like, no, nah, he's, you know, this guy or that guy, not, you know, the uh, team guy or whatever. And I feel like they both felt like that hurt them as far as uh, their draft status. Yeah. And, again, it's like uh, you probably didn't promote them, probably didn't get along with them. But again, I still remember how many times in the locker room, particularly you know in that last year that he was in San Francisco, that they kept on saying is like this guy is like you you can't you can't deal with him. He's brutal after a couple of years, and so it's like uh, I don't know if anything's changed. I mean, it's amazing to think that he was at Michigan for eight years because that's longer, twice as long as you would expect his longevity to be. Hey, one of one of the stories around Flores that I saw is that he's still in the running for two spots. What is it, New Orleans yeah. and, and Houston? Is that the other yeah. one that he's in the running for? Um, I don't see him get. I don't see him getting a job. The only well, job- and then and then Texters. I'm, this is on the heels of that. So I see that he's still up for two head coaching jobs. But mm-hmm. if he were not to get those jobs, we've got more than a few texts asking uh, if he would be a guy that that Pete and the Seahawks would consider as a defensive coordinator. No, there. no, I would say no. Okay. I and mean, you and he's, you don't think he's got a shot at either of those jobs? No, I, I think he's going to have problems getting back in the league. I mean, I can maybe see Bill Belichick maybe pulling him back, maybe doing something like that. I can't see any other team doing it right now. I mean, this lawsuit is damaging, and I give him, I give him bold credit because basically what, what, what he's done on a different level is he's, he's the Colin Kaepernick of coaching. And I'm not saying that negatively, but what I'm saying in reality, has Colin Kaepernick gotten a job yet? No. And is he going to get a job? No. And in in this case, when you sue the NFL in a suit that uh, is open as this was, I think it's just going to be hard for him to get anything. I think I, I think he's done in coaching. And and again, he's. And I, this is where I give him a lot of credit for being bold and all that stuff. I mean, he filed this lawsuit with the idea that that may happen. Yeah. What What have we heard? Have we heard anything from Roger Goodell? I think I would think that you know he would get with his advisors and and get something uh, together to to get on top of this. But yeah. uh, what what have we heard from Roger? No, just a you know benign statement saying that uh, you know we. We, we do the best we can to have minority hiring and all that different stuff. I mean, you know, pretty much protecting the shield and doing that. So it's like we only heard the positive things that uh, Roger said, nothing other than that. 
Hey, as far as the defensive coordinator here goes, are, yeah. you, are you leaning one way or the other any, towards any specific name? And do you think we're going to hear this week, next week? What do you think? This, I mean, it has to, it has to happen reasonably soon. You know, I think now Gus Bradley, because of the fact that Joshy Boy's down with the Raiders, is now available. So you can get, you know, Gus Bradley. And uh, certainly I like Ed Donatell. Certainly, you know, Clint Hurt is a solid possibility. But at some point, you got to make a decision. Yeah. It's late. Yes, it is. It's getting late. Yep. All right, John. Uh, Bob, you got anything no. else? No, that's it. <laughs> oh, that's it. okay. It's good talking well, to you we, today. We, well, here's here's one, and I hadn't paid yeah. any attention to his deal, but uh, the 509 asking, Professor, would there be any legs into Frank Clark coming back if he opts out of his deal with Kansas City? I guess. It depends on the price, but, uh, you know, they're not going to pay – pay him what he's paying in Kansas City. So it's like if that's going to be you know, the demand that he's going to make, they're simple. I mean, that's not uh, John Snyder. He doesn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk tomorrow. Okay. Thanks. There you go. There's John Clayton. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts brought to you by Coors Light Made to Chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. As far as Seattle and their search goes, you got to wonder if, if they're one of their targets is on a staff. They're waiting for something to happen somewhere. I really thought they would have made a, a decision by now because yeah. I haven't heard about them interviewing any, anybody else or being in line to interview somebody else. It seems like the names that came out came out pretty rapidly, and then we haven't really heard anything. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that by the end of the week, like John said, that, uh, that something will happen. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I – I think this is one of the most important hirings that you've seen in a while. I mean, last year, I guess we felt the same way about offensive coordinator for, for Russ, but I just, I, I felt like there was just, it was glaring to me that you just didn't use the guys that you had right, in the right, right way. And so if you can just get that guy to come in, I felt like on their roster defensively, they had the talent. It was just that, uh, just couldn't couldn't get him in the right spot so that'll be great to hear from whoever it's going to be all right coming up uh players and coaches alike are waiting to see what happens with the whole brian flores situation we'll get some important perspective from michael bumpus on the on that whole thing coming your way next with wyman and bob on 710 espn seattle